On this episode of the Nets and Celtics podcast, what else but the first two games of the NBA Finals, Chelsea Sherrod and I will break them all down, take a look ahead to game three, and talk about who will be the most crucial player for the Celtics if they want to make history happen. Let's go. All right, Chelsea, little vibe check right now. How we feeling? One-one split, leaving San Fran, going back to Boston, two days off. Honestly, I'm not feeling bad at all. Okay, I'm feeling pretty good okay. after the first two games. Actually, I think we talked about this in the last episode, and I don't think either of us had the Celtics winning the first game. No, definitely did not. I had them shocking. splitting. Yeah, I said they. I thought that they needed to split. Um, I definitely did not have them winning the first game. I don't think anyone did, especially going into the fourth quarter down twelve. And then it went by 12. That comeback was, like, that comeback was incredible. Like, and I was tweeting about it, and I was saying, you know, the Celtics, like, this, that comeback can't be understated because of the way that they performed in the fourth quarter throughout the season. And fans have seen it, and we've seen it all year. Them blowing leads, them just kind of just giving it up, giving it away in the fourth. And for them to show their resiliency in that moment mm-hmm. – and then go on to win by 12. It's like, you're down 12, go on to win by 12. It's, it, they completely flipped the script. And that was, I think, a wake-up wake call for everyone, for the Celtics, and also it was just a huge statement that they made. It was the shot-making, who was doing it, of course, with like Derek White stepping up and having his unreal stretch. Al mm-hmm. Horford dropping 26. But for what it was with Al Horford and Derek White, the role players stepping up for the Celts in that game. And for those guys, mainly when it came to their shooting, Al six for eight from three, Marcus Smart four from seven, Derek White five for eight. When you kind of break down those numbers, quick math, 23 shots and they made 15 threes between Mm -hmm. those three. Mm -hmm. So you have those three go 15 for 23 from three to finish with. And then the late shot making, how they were doing it, the defense turned it up as well. And like you said, you have a 12-point, so a 24-point swing in the fourth. And you, they're, they're stealing wins. They're stealing them. And then there's what the Celtics did in game one against the Warriors. Because you had the Steph Curry tidal wave in the first. You had the Warriors avalanche in the third. And you somehow weathered them both, stayed locked in, did what you had to do defensively, woke up. Because that Steph in the first doesn't happen if they're actually going high on screens, not dropping back. Like, what are you protecting the paint for when it's Steph? Right. But they did that, made their moves. And then pull off that win. That's that's beyond stealing. But they have the pivot to game two. Mm-hmm. Finish with just 88 points. Their lowest this po- postseason. Their worst offensive game since they lost to the Clippers on December 29. Mm-hmm. Now, given like the Celtics last time they played the Warriors in the regular season held Golden State to 88 points. But now this is a healthier Golden State. So, right. Right. Like on paper. You leave San Fran 1-1 series split. You win game one. That's what you want. Right. But when you go into it, for me, the vibes are a little low because of how game two went with Otto Porter getting back into it, Gary Payton playing again. So you saw the defense for the Warriors click in and get physical. So the vibes aren't low for me only because the Celtics are their biggest enemy, and we see this from Always. them all the time. And they honestly should be coming back to Boston with a 2-0 lead. Yeah. That's how I feel. And so I think that instead of it being like, okay – in game two, you let Steph go off for like 40 or like whatever. I mean, granted, he had 29. But 
it's like they themselves can win these games. It's really up to them. And if if all of your problems, I think, come internally, it's much easier to fix than if they come externally from the team that you're playing. So that's why my vibes aren't as low. Um, Steph going off for 21 in the first quarter in game one was just like, guys, what are what are, what are we doing? It literally was that's like, hey, that's, like, that's, a best, that's the best shooter of all time, and you guys aren't making sure to pick him up. Literally. And Clay Thompson has kind of been like a shell of himself. He has not found his shot yet. Yeah. It's like he looks like he's rushing his shots. He's yeah. not really in a groove. He hasn't found his rhythm, which for the Celtics is like, Good. you know, great, I guess, because, you know, he's obviously not playing his best. That's one less assignment that you have to worry about. Uh, Jordan Poole kind of you know came more alive in game two but he wasn't really around in game one either so i think for the celtics it's like okay it's really up to us if we want to win this championship like i think that they are the better team uh and i think that if they can get two when they come back home for games three and four then that'll be huge because obviously they can win on the road yeah and it is like the same stuff we've said throughout the postseason what i always say is the celtics will win if they play disciplined basketball right and it all starts with them as taking care of the ball but when you yep. have 18 turnovers nine coming from jason tatum and marcus smart who are your primary and best ball handlers mm -hmm. that's where the issues come 18 turnovers leading to 33 points off turnovers for golden state so all those possessions literally 33 points you're handing to them yep. credit to the warriors defense because in game one the rotations weren't there late and they just weren't as crisp. They were more on top of it this time. And what it did was it sped up the Celtics offense for what I saw. And when you speed them up, yep. that's when the turnovers come along. Yep. So they forcing guys to drive, eliminate their driving lane. They go to pass, and there's so many active hands. Now, mm -hmm. the Warriors can cough them up themselves. But for what it was, their defense stopped where they needed to. And I liked what the Warriors did with if it was a Gary Payton or if it was a Draymond Green, where they were picking up the Celtics ball handlers beyond the three-point line. So like Al Horford, six for eight from three, got good looks, made tough looks, but was getting space out there. First possession of the game, he catches it. Draymond forces a tie-up because he met him outside. He had to. He and had he knew, to. yeah, when Dre yeah. did that, I was like, oh, okay. Like, you, there's those, just a quick moment you need. And, like, you saw, yeah, you saw how intense he was, and that, that bled off into the rest of the defense. Yep. Dre had his knuckleheadness i had to search for a word without cursing there knuckleheadedness with knuckle his first tech and what should have been his tech and second tech what are you putting your feet on someone you for? thought that i see i didn't that, think that should have been a second tech if i you're think gonna throw him out for that yes no yes are you kidding? because letter of the law is it a tech he doesn't have a tech the first time oh is it a tech God. did you look if, the, if he didn't have a tech is that a no tech? he put his feet on jalen brown dude you're they both, both sitting fell. there they both fell but he sits up and then you see him literally go on his dude, shoulders and then shove him from behind what are you dude, doing that's not a tech to that's me. a tech that's but a tech i'm fine with it not being a tech because i don't want to see superstars get thrown right, out right. so that's my thing but i'm we'll saying agree to disagree as i'm we saying do. that's a tech just you know like there's stuff we agree to disagree we, know, stuff what we, type of, we know what type of official you would have been look there's no way i'm calling that's that. out of pocket no that's out of pocket that. because no i'd way. be like you like dude like the play stopped it wasn't like them moving oh, like they were on. sitting there and he's like all right i'm gonna put my feet on jalen's shoulders Listen. plant them then shove them from behind jalen got a little push in Bro. too after that's he fine. responded push after but that's like what, the feet on the it's disrespectful disrespectful i will give you that that's a but tech, tech worthy that's there's tech. no chance that's a tech to me oh my am gosh. i putting dre's history into this 100 <sighs> all right 
Don't hire George to referee your kids next game. Officiating 101. I had to do that once. Community, not community, uh, volunteer hours in college. Because yeah. community service is like when you get in trouble. I was like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, George doesn't get in trouble. No, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a perfect child. Um, And I had to ref a like seven-year-old basketball game. Yeah. And one of the coaches like was literally like arguing fouls with me. I'm like, dude, these are just kids playing. Just get the fuck out of my face. George is calling texts everywhere. Yeah, I was texts for everyone. I was t- after and the, the parents. After the game, he's like, you did a great job. I'll be one of the hardest people you deal with all season. I'm like, dude, it's seven-year-olds. <laughs> like, ch- like, do you understand your reality? Team the parents for sure. Absolutely. Right, let's reel it back in. Okay, anyway, sorry. so it should have been. No, that's on me. Should have been a tech. You okay. say not. All okay. good. We would make that's a good fine. crew, I think. I listen. If you think about it, I would have to calm you down in those fine. situations. That's fine. I'd be the brothers. You'd be the Zarba. I wouldn't want to be either of those guys. No, they're terrible. We'll leave it at that. Solid tech, Ime Udoka. Yeah. I liked him. He said he's like I purposely did that. He, I wanted the tech. Yes. I was gonna let him know. Yeah, I, I love Ime. Yeah, I think I think in that situation, and Ime Udoka is not like a hot-headed coach by any means. I mean, you know, he does most of his talking to his players instead of the referees. Uh, but I think that in that moment, there was a fire that the Celtics were missing. And Ime was like, you know what? They weren't getting a lot of calls. And he was like, I got to stick up for my guys. So I liked it. I like tech Ime. Ime doesn't give it about anything. He yeah. legit does not care. And I love yeah. that about him. Because all yeah. that matters is what he says to his team. And there was even points. I think it was after the Dre foul on Grant Williams my buddy texted me. He caught it reading Ime's lips where he was like, that's an effing joke. Like saying yeah. it to the ref. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen the email of calling timeouts, looking at Jason Tatum going, what the F are you doing, dude? But saying it like yeah. what's 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 said in the light is said behind closed doors is what I like about Ime. And sh- he's going to let these refs know. I mean, that's, that's what you want. That's true. That's but true. you saw going off the Draymond Tech. I mean, they said it after game one. They got to bring it to them more, as yeah. in the Warriors bring it to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. They did not like how good of looks they were giving up in the first quarter because those open shots for Al and Derek and whoever yep. led to that fourth. The Warriors stepped up defensively. They ratcheted it down, they and did. they brought it. I mean, when the Celtics are turning the ball over like that, it's pretty easy for your defense to look great. I yeah. mean, but I agree. I do think that they turned it up a lot defensively, and obviously they weren't trying to go down uh 2-0 or 0-2 whatever heading to Boston um yeah. cuz that that would have been huge for them. So before game 2, I did a quick story of like what were the three like Plug keys it. to the game on nesson.com. <laughs> on nesson.com. What were the three keys to the game for game 2 for the Celtics to win game 2? And so I said that one they had to stick with Steph Curry because obviously especially in the first quarter of game 1, he went off for yeah. 21 Seven for eight from three or six for eight from three? uh, Six for eight. So I said that they had to stick with Steph. In game two, Steph goes nine for 21, five for 12 from three, six for seven from the free throw line, finished with 29 points and four assists. So, yeah, not really. Uh, But my other key to the game was that Jason Tatum needed to have a big game or he obviously needed to play better than he did. He went three for 17 in game one. In game two, he went eight for 19 from the field, six for nine from three, which is great, 60%, 66% from three, six for eight from the free throw line, 28 points, six rebounds, and three assists. We talked about the four turnovers, but no one thought that he was going to go three for 17 again in back-to-back games. So I do think that Jason Tatum, he was getting some incredible shots off. Um, he looked more comfortable, more confident. Um, and this, we all know that JT is known for his slow starts. 
But I think that in game two, he definitely came more alive. And then the third key to the game was that the Celtics needed to have a big third quarter. Oh, they let you down, sis. And we saw the third quarter in game one. They let you down. And in game two, they get outscored 35 to 14. 14 points in the third. I couldn't believe that. in the third quarter. But yeah. In game one, they were outscored 38 to 24 in the third quarter. So that's the thing is I feel like, and this could be a level of immaturity. This could be, you know, something that they just might be dealing with. You get a little break at halftime. You're high. You're like, oh, the first half was whatever. Let's bring it. And then that intensity is just like mute when they come out in the third quarter. Like they start super slow. They're turning the ball over. And then in game two, things just got out of control. And so for them, I think in this series, it's really been not even the fourth quarter. It's been the third. And that's been the deciding quarter for them. So if they can come out of the halftime break and punch first, then they'll be fine. And it'll just be the third quarter for them, I think, going forward. Because you even, for what it is, like the Warriors' offense technically didn't play that much better. They they scored 108 in game one. They scored 107 in game two. Their defense stepped it up. Yeah. And then they, what was it? It was a two-point game at halftime. Yep. And then it was a 23-point deficit heading into the fourth. And you mentioned how Jordan Poole is missing in game one. Mm-hmm. He had that eruption in the third, literally with two first ridiculous three, just a great shot. And then the second one, buzzer oh, beater right before, before, right before half, it. And then yeah. it was just like, all right, well, Jordan Poole wanted to be Steph Curry at, at the perfect moment. I mean, he can make those shots. No, he can. I like him but taking those shots. But that was like shots. when he, so in game two, when he hit that shot and that was going into the half, right? Or was yeah. that, that was going into the half. When he hit that big shot, it was like momentum shift everything because Jordan Poole again we've kind of been waiting to see the Jordan Poole that we saw in the Golden State Memphis series and we're waiting to see what he'll look like against Boston and so after he hit that shot it was like it was the end it was the end of the third it made it 87 64 okay end of the third yeah um but after he hit that shot especially after the Celtics played that way in the third quarter Mm -hmm. it was just like okay game over yeah oh yeah kind of just like the dagger at that point um, well, even I thought the dagger in game one was Andre Iguodala hitting a three to end the third quarter. Yes. And when you see Andre Iguodala getting buckets and he played well in the first in game one. And then he, he couldn't play like, in game two. He was dealing with swelling again. Yeah. And then, but it shows. And then Otto Porter, second game back, Gary Payton playing once again. But Otto yep. Porter, the defensive rotations are there. And for Porter, he went from, what was he, four for five from three in game one. Mm-hmm. He never shoots that many threes. But yeah. four for five, that happens. I think he shot one three in game two but his plus minus was still through the roof because that's just like the role he does he does the dirty things he only had he only has to play a certain amount of minutes yeah. and have his impact on it but yeah it was it was that it was like the ebbs and flows i mean this these finals won't be easy yeah. i'm hoping and it was the same with the eastern conference finals i just want close games towards the end and, but you so know if what? we're gonna get it i mean game one was entertaining as heck it was a huge yeah. comeback but if we're gonna get a game two like we did with the third and then the fourth literally 10 minutes left in the game yeah nick stauskas is out there right. so the game's over right well I don't want because exactly like once i mean Ime had to pull his starters yes, because not, it was yeah. just a, it was a 25 point deficit like there's no point in you keeping them in but yeah i'm trying to see close games too like no one wants to see blowouts and after game one i was like okay maybe this is the series that we've all been waiting for like this is great and then game two happens and then the celtics just like completely lose it mm-hmm. um and like i said before they are their biggest threat they have to look inside and say how can we be better with ball security how can we take 
better shots? How can we step up defensively out of the halftime break? And those are the things that they're going to have to work on if they want to beat the Warriors, which they can. And I think after their game one comeback, it was like, whoa, like the Celtics can win this title. That's how I felt. Their defense can show up. Now, the one thing that's concerning for me, though, is we saw Rob Williams before Marcus even fell into his knee kind of laboring to it, not landing Mm -hmm. on, not wanting to land on his left leg, kind of moving slow. Then Marcus goes into, he needed a moment. And hey, I don't blame him. That's a big dude. Yeah. He's battled through a lot. And then you're also seeing Jason Tatum in the third quarter, minding to that right shoulder. Yeah. For, for the Warriors, I mean, like I'm saying, they're getting these guys back. They are healthier. Even with Clay, not at 100% of the effectiveness and how dangerous he can be still mm-hmm. out there. It's it's the ongoing war of attrition when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So who's healthier throughout an entire postseason? Who's healthier throughout a series? And the Warriors have that upper hand right now. To me, that was before the series began. I was watching Rob's knee because I liked the three days off between the series starting, two games off between through two days off between every game mm-hmm. except for games three and four. Mm-hmm. But this is going to go six. How is Rob going to look at game six? How is Al Horford, who has to wear a leg sleeve entering the arena now on his right leg, how is he going to look in game five and yeah. game six? And meanwhile, for the Warriors, they're just steady C moving forward, getting healthier. And for the Celtics, we're seeing them deal with the injuries they have. Yeah, I mean, like these guys, like like Rob Williams, like he's going to be questionable throughout the series. I do think having the extra day in between is going to be Huge great for them, um, for him to be able to, you know, like just get treatment and things like that. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think the healthiest team, unfortunately, and we've seen this in finals and playoffs before, and it's usually not even like the strong or the best will survive. It's like the healthiest will survive, so to speak. And so hopefully – the Celtics, for their sake, uh, can stay healthy because no one wants to see star players or key guys out. Like everyone wants to, everyone wants to see both yeah. teams put their best foots forward, best feet forward, best foot forward. <laughs> Sorry, foots. I know how to speak English. Feet. Best feet forward. You have a master's degree, so like, <laughs> I can't correct you on anything. Foots. Um. But um. Yeah. So everyone wants to see their best guys out on the court. So I think for the Celtics. Yeah, these days that they have in between, you know, these are the days that guys are going to be getting treatment. They're going to be talking to their trainers. And hopefully we don't see any, you know, drastic injuries during the games. And I think, you know, when we talked about the Draymond uh, Jalen Brown situation, I think in that moment, Jalen was like, come on, bro. Like, I'm not trying to get hurt. I wouldn't do that to you, so to speak. So if we can kind of minimize that. Um, then it, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's these lingering injuries that they've entered with. And, I mean, for, for Jason Tatum, as good as he was scoring, as good as he was moving, to see him still dealing with that right shoulder impingement. Yeah. A little medical wow. term to throw your way. Look at you. Do you have a master's degree? I wish. No. <laughs> I don't want to go back to school ever. Hopefully not. Um, but as he deals with that on his shooting shoulder, and yeah. as Marcus Smart deals with his whole right leg, and that's yeah. the main guy to defend Steph Curry. Yep. It was, and we're going to see these ongoing chess matches between Ime and Steve Kerr too, because mm-hmm. what Kerr was doing with his defensive switches, what's happening when Tatum gets screened. Now you have Gary Payton out there. What yep. is Wiggins going to do? Because he could peel off and pick someone else up. Yep. That's what it is. It's going to go game by game. So for you, if, is, we're talking about the keys of series and what we saw for yeah. you game three. Let's say the turnovers aside, the discipline basketball. Mm-hmm. Celtics have to do that. Mm-hmm. What do you think it'll be on for the Celtics to win in game three? Honestly, I mean, I feel like a broken record here, but obviously it's going to be them coming out hot for the third quarter in the third quarter. Like, 
that's the ob- like literally that's the main thing in both of these games. And granted, they pulled out a win in game one, but it's the third quarter play. So that for them, yes. Two, I feel like for the Celtics, it's going to be their supporting cast. I think in, in game three. So in game one, granted. Jalen, um, Jason Tatum went three for 17, didn't have a great game, but it was the role players and the supporters that stepped up and had good games. In game two, JT went off for 28 points. Al Horford, two points. Rob, two points. Marcus Smart, two points. Grant Williams, six. Um, Peyton Pritchard, four points. Um, Derek White needing 13 shots to get to 12 To get 12 points. points, yeah. Needing 13. Right, right. And so for the Celtics, and they've been preaching this all season, and if you've been watching them all season, you know that they win as a team and their success has come from team play. So I think for them moving forward, especially in game three, it will be let's get everyone involved, let's spread the love, and let's do that for the full 48 minutes, especially the third quarter. Jason Tatum, 13 assists in game one. Three right. assists in yeah, game two. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, that's big. He, ne- he needs, to me, for them to be successful, he doesn't need 13 and now. He needs six, seven. Yeah. Five. I'll take yeah. five. Yep. But that's where he needs to be when it comes to him with the ball movement. Now, given the way he was shooting, I wanted him to keep shooting. No, Run absolutely. And then absolutely. Even, even at the start that Jalen Brown had, was he like four for four, like five? His yeah, hot start in the first. Hot. Yeah. And then he finished five for 17 from the floor. Yep. 17 points still, but. And they dealt with their foul trouble. Now, I mean, you're right on that. I mean, as much as we gave credit to the Celtics defense for what they did to the Heat mm-hmm. in Game 6 and Game 7 with their starting five of how little they scored, yeah. for Al Horford, Rob Williams, and Marcus Smart to combine for two, especially, I mean, Marcus Smart just six shots. You know you're doing something right when Marcus Smart only has six shots because he's a dude that wants to put it up <laughs> every <does>. night. <laughs> so you're not even giving him that confidence because he has it. But you're not even giving him the space. <laughs> I'm not mad at Marcus trying to get his shots off. Listen. He needs to shoot it 12 times a game. Yeah, everything in rhythm. I think it, it, the thing is with him is like, don't force it. Because when, when Marcus forces shots, so this, yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. this is the thing. When Marcus hits shots, it's like, great, amazing, whatever. But when he misses, it looks 10 times worse because it's like, JT was open, JB was open, Al's open in the corner, Grant, whatever. So whenever he misses, it's like, why is Marcus taking these shots? But like... Go ahead, Marcus. Whatever. I'm not the, mad at the, you. Just the, in rhythm. Just don't like force it. I'm not mad at you. It's all good. Just do it this way. Yeah. Just the dude steps left and people say, why aren't you stepping right? You know, like that's, right, just, how, exactly. that's how it is. That's for just him. how it is for him. Hey, fine. love and trust. He's a heart and soul of the, of the team. Yeah. Yeah. He's a heart and soul that's of the team. And it's like for as much crap as he gets, you wish that confidence he has, that dog in him that he has. Yeah. If you put that in Tatum, like that's the thing. Like you're looking for, like, Jason has the dog in him, but there's another level. And Marcus just has that in him from the jump. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, you take guys' mental makeup with their physical makeup, and you wish if you put it in JT, it'd be a top five guy right now. But that's what Marcus brings, at least mentality-wise. So No, I mean, for me with game three, it is. You clean it up, Mm -hmm. obviously, with the turnovers. Mm -hmm. Be smart. Good shot selection. And it's even given, like, for what it was with game two, 15 for 37 from three. For the Celtics and the Warriors, same exact numbers there. So dead even in the three ball. Yes. And so this is, I'm glad you brought this up because I meant to, to say this part. Yeah, I just set you up all the time, you. sis. Carry on. It. Throwing assists, lobs, and everything. <laughs> um, but one thing that I do like about the Celtics, especially the way they started this series, is that obviously everyone is thinking, all right, you're playing Golden State. So that's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, two of the best shooters 
in the game in its history. And so obviously they're going to be draining threes. You had Jordan Poole in there, whatever. But the Celtics were like, no, we can shoot too. And so they put up, they take 37 threes, I think, in game one, 41 in game two. They're 50% from three in game two. I like that. It's like we can battle. We can go bar for bar from three if you want. Bars. Bars. And that's what they decided to do. And I appreciate that because everyone was thinking, okay, how are they going to guard the three? Are they going to be able to keep up with the Golden State Warriors? And you also talked about uh, the Warriors controlling the pace of play. And for the Celtics, it's going to be important if they want to win for them to control the pace of play. The Warriors' defense dictated how fast or how slow the Celtics' offense was going to move. That fed into the turnovers. That fed into the Warriors' offense. And, yeah, I mean, and give it credit where credit's due is where Al Horford goes out and goes six for eight in game one. That's huge. But you knew that wasn't going to happen again. But then how does that supplement? Because Al Horford goes six for eight when JT has a terrible offensive game. All right. Al scored nothing. Jason Tatum steps up six for nine for three in game two. Yeah. That's how it is when the stars are yeah. playing well. But it's just I'm going to give the edge. And I've, I said before the series, mm-hmm. Warriors and six. I'm going to give the edge to the Warriors in game three. I do think okay. they went back to back in this because of how their defense showed up. Hey, Ime is going to come with a response. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a chess match between the coaches. But mm-hmm. – what that defense did, meeting them beyond the three-point arc, not letting them get settled into their full-court or half-court offense, okay. what Gary Payton brings as a perimeter defender, yeah, and things like that. And like I said, with the rotations back, with him back, with Otto Porter back, the timing will be down. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much Dre gets away with in Game 3 in the Garden. Because yeah. now, now we're talking text now. <laughs> That dude is going to enter the garden with a tech because the crowd's going to get at him. And you know he can't do that. No, that's, yeah. Turn the other cheek does not exist in his life. Oh, I mean, in TD Garden, absolutely. They're wait. Listen. They are waiting for Draymond Green to get thrown out of TD Garden. Savages. Like, (laughs) they are waiting for something to happen crazy. And I think that's something that they're talking about in Warriors camp. They're like, dude, all right. We're on the road. You don't have, you know, they say, like, you have, like, the home calls and, like, whatever. That's not going to happen. And, like, obviously, it's going to be intense and TD Garden. The fans are nuts. It's going to be a great atmosphere. But for Dre, it's like they're watching your every move. So don't do anything stupid because they're going to be quick to blow their whistle, just like if you were officiating. Dude, like, has he learned nothing from prior finals when it's like, hey, dude, something you did got you suspended a couple games and we lost a ring because of you. Yeah. Like, I just, and that was my thing, too, with even him and JB getting in that scrap is like, you already have a tech. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing with yeah. him? Yeah. It's like, as smart as he is, IQ-wise, like the maturity lacking is just baffling to me. Some, too passionate. Too passionate, extremely honestly. Passionate, extremely pa- okay, so you think the Warriors have the edge in game three. You think they take game three. Yeah, I do think they take game okay. three. That's, uh, that's tough to say. I still see it going six no matter what. But That's tough. That's tough. And I'm going against a team that's bounced back every, after every playoff loss. Yeah. After every see, single and, one. And, and that's the reason why I think the Celtics take game three. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if they lose one, it'll be game four. Um. I think that they'll be – and even after game two, you know, Al Horford was saying, you know, I'm, we're on to game three. You know how Bill Belichick was like, yeah. what did he say? We're, we're on, on, to Cincinnati. on to Cincinnati. Al Horford was like, we're on to TD Garden. I'm excited to be back home, and I think that's obviously going to give them some juice and momentum. And, yeah, they haven't lost a game after they've lost a game. <laughs> it does make sense. It does. It makes sense when you say it and out loud. It does. It in does. the playoffs. And I think that's huge. I mean, the way that they're able to bounce back, just like you mentioned, is big. And so I think they're going to take game three. What did you have before the series start, before the final started? 
Did you have like Celtics in, Warriors in, six, seven? I think I said six. Did we? I think Celts and Celts six. Celts and six, yeah. I like, I like I that. See? It's time. We agreed on Celtics and six. It should have been Celtics and six against the Heat. It should have been. Oh my gosh. It should have been. So you got Celtics and six, six versus Warriors and six. So I I'm do. a fan of that. I'm a we'll fan see. of that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll and see. what's big, uh, the spread for game three mm-hmm. Warriors are getting three and a half points hmm. plus 130 money line. So it's like for me, I mean, how confident am I? I could literally put my money right. where my mouth is. Right. But that that's what it jumps out. And you see Vegas respecting the resilience, uh, the, the bounce Celtic. back exactly. Celtics. Exactly, because the stats are facts. Stats are facts. And that's huge. If you're able to win after a loss in the playoffs, like the pressure's on. And I think that the Celtics play way better under pressure. I think that's the thing. After they win a game, they're super high and they're like, yeah, great. Like, we did it. And then, you know, things like game two happen. But I think when the pressure is on, like, okay, we got to get a win. We need to fight back. That's when they play their best basketball. I need to see from the jump the dog and Tatum come out. Because what has gotten me is you've seen a little bit of passiveness late in the shot clock. He passes the ball, Mm -hmm. starts drifting. Hey, you're shooting good from three. You're a threat out there for sure. But this is a guy like you drive once, work to get the ball, drive again, get back to the paint, touch your paint, find your teammates, find your shot. And he had some tough shots mm-hmm. in game two, like some great looks, especially with his back to the basket. That's my favorite part of his offensive game. Uh, I just, it's, it's just so good. Yeah, it's, it's just Kobe so Bryant. good. But for me, that's the guy. You got to see the dog from the jump with him. And side note, you, we bring up the Kobe and him. The we had what the armband, yeah, in game seven. Yep. Right. Yeah, we had yeah. the text, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Then we had the Kobe draft workout practice gear. I did him. I like that because a that looks sick. Yeah. B he didn't tweet it out. Nothing. Someone no. else got it. Yeah. Then you have him rolling up Kobe and MJ jacket MJ. a game two. Yeah. I'm I'm not even gonna talk about his game one prefit because no, that was terrible. Don't talk about it. I like the different patterns. You could do it. Don't, don't do that. Don't. Do but it. anyway, I'm at a point now with him. I'm like, all right, brother, that's your muse. You love Kobe. We've yep. known it. Every game pregame like it is a little bit it is a distraction at this point I so feel like. so so this is my thing because i saw some people tweeting you know this is getting old like he's doing too much like he's got to chill and i'm not mad at this because just like you said you know he's not the one out there being like look at me i'm wearing this for whatever and i think it's fine to honor a person like kobe bryant who was his mentor and meant so much to him and he's in a space where he is the superstar of his team and he's leading his team on this charge to a championship. I don't mind this at all, really. I think that people, you know, if this is something that is distracting you, then that's on you Yeah. type thing. I think that this is just his way of preparing himself. And sometimes he's like, if I feel it, you know, with players, it's feel like, good. if I feel a certain way, I'm going to play a certain Look way. Good, if feel my good, mind says in certain space, this is what I'm going with. And if he needs to do that, then like, Whatever. I mean, Marcus Smart changed his hair color for the playoffs. Like, let's talk about that. Before they like, played a green team. Yeah, like, let's, let's talk about that. That, I think, is, you know, if, if that's something he wants to do, then whatever. But what is the difference? People are just like, you're not Kobe. And he's not. And I think what people – one thing that I will give fans and people who are kind of criticizing Jason Tatum's get-up and things like that is they're saying, if you are saying that – you idolize this person, you're playing for this person, whatever, and it's Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, then they're like, let me see the dog in you. Like Kobe That's and MJ. My thing. Yeah, Kobe and MJ, like there was like a third, fourth gear they went into in the fourth. And they weren't giving up the giving up shots and passing up 
shots and whatever and not being around down the stretch. So they're saying if this is who you're trying to be, then play like it. And that's what I will give fans. But other than that, get over it. That's my thing. And even I will say, though, the armband in Game 7, I love it. I, I love it. that. I love Makes that. it about him. And it's Lakers colors on a Celtics jersey. You don't need to rock the armband. Post that text, bro. Post a text because that's dope. He, he and can then, wear the armband. What's that? He can wear the armband. I, I, the Kobe Lakers colors on a Celtics jersey in a game. Everyone loves Kobe Bryant. Listen, he's like Lakers, Derek Jeter. He's Celtics. like Derek Jeter. Red Sox fans respect Derek Jeter. Yeah, some you know? of them do. Like, it's a little halvesies on that, but yeah. Everyone respects Look, I'm, Kobe what Bryant. I'm saying is... You do that, and you show up with this. You win the Easter Conference Finals. You saw how much of a relief it was for him, mm-hmm. especially. And he got Easter Conference Finals MVP. Saw how much that meant to him. Yeah. You saw the relief it was for Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown because those are guys that have been through more and come up short yep. more than JT because they've been at Easter Conference Finals before he got there. That's a good point. There was the relief they get for the Easter Conference Finals. You got that MVP. You rocked that Kobe wristband. You're wearing this stuff. Good for you. But – no one cares that you won the Eastern Conference Finals because you got to win the finals. You won that. That's cool. You still got one more thing to do. Legit. And I'm one that says this season was a success once they were one of the final four teams in the NBA playoffs. But when it comes to now the potential he has, the hype that's around him, what we've seen from his game, and now you're going to draw attention by wearing this stuff. The pra- Look, I love the practice fit for multiple reasons, and he didn't post it. But when you're rolling up to the arena and you're drawing this attention on you, I know I'm going so much into fashion because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You love matter. the fits. You I love the Al's, I loved love Al's Burberry shorts with the leg sleeve. I actually did. It looked like a kilt. See? But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is – all the effort you're putting into this stuff, because a lot of it's custom, as but we maybe see. He's not translate in every that effort. Yeah, you could put a phone call on someone like to get maybe, him in. Yeah. Here's my thing. Care. Oh gosh, I'm so, I sound like a boomer. Care less about that and go out and win, because no one will care about this pregame fits. No one's gonna care about the Eastern Conference Finals MVP if you let this series slide. So this is- and a lot can happen in between where the Warriors go out and win it, which I think happens. But that's my thing of when you show up big and you can't have a game one. You got that stinker. He's always due for a stinker in the series. Mm-hmm. Go put that finals MVP stretch together. I agree. I agree. You got to let your game do the talking. But Jason Tatum is not like, oh, yeah, let me put this on to get everyone talking. He could He's care not- less. He could care less about what everyone's thinking. This is something that he wants to He want you put on this today because you wanted to wear it, right? What if you came into the office like this today and everyone was like, "Whoa, what is George doing?" Like his polo is like blinding my eyes even though it's a black polo. I was about to say. <laughs> but like whatever this George is doing too much cuz he has some fire kicks on. His kicks are pretty fire today. Thanks. Some fire Nike's on. They're like, "Oh my god, it's distracting." But it's distracting for you. And I think that's the thing for players and and, you know, celebrities and whatever. And they're like, you know, I'm being me. And this is what I want to put on today. And, like, if you like it, cool. If you don't, I could care less because it has nothing to do with you. But just win the game. <laughs> Forget the haters. Have a good time. Win, win the game. That's, that, that's my thing. Yeah. Game. Hey, shoot. If they were up 2-0, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I don't have a problem win. with just, Tatum's, just Tatum's just fits. Win. I have no issue. I like his fits a lot. The jackets are fire. I would love to have that jacket. No. no what? What? What would you wear that with? What do you mean? The jacket from game one? It, no, no, not that okay. jacket. Wasn't it the, the MJ Kobe? Yeah, was yeah, that yeah, a jacket? Yeah, yeah. That was oh. a game two fit. No, the fit from game one, we, we don't discuss. With a cheetah, leopard, we don't pink discuss. stripes, we two don't different discuss. stripes. We don't discuss Burn that. that. We don't discuss that. No, and I said, too, Nike has to take that practice shirt with the old Celtics logo. Yeah. They need to sell that for $80 a pop right now. That thing Listen, would sell out in I'd two seconds. It. That's a nice throwback I'd logo. It, yeah. All right, vibe checks are high now. <laughs> Going fashion on this. <laughs> We're so high now. <laughs> 
Fives are high. Uh, high Hatch. off life. High off life. Chelsea and, and George. The Celtics. Hey, it's legal in Massachusetts. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Appreciate you making part of our of your day. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>